Hey guys, this is Ryan Carter from the BCM, and I want to welcome you to the podcast Letters to Tuscaloosa. Today, we discuss a topic in our series, Questions and Conversations. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. My name is BK, and last week we discussed what does the Bible say about conflict and reconciliation. So this week, we've asked Anne Whitney to share about how the Lord has helped her understand biblical conflict and reconciliation. Anne Whitney is a junior majoring in apparel design. And so, Anne Whitney, why is handling conflict important? Handling conflict and reconciliation biblically is so important because it reflects to unbelievers a picture of the gospel. In John 13, 35, Jesus says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. When we handle conflict in an unbiblical way, we are not being loving, and that causes unbelievers to question the truth of the gospel. However, this is so exciting. When we do handle conflict in a biblical way, we, when we choose to love people and reconcile with others, even when they've really, really hurt us, it causes people to stop and wonder what makes us act that way. And it shows them a picture of what God's love for us is like. Because ultimately, we're all sinners, and we have all deeply wronged the Lord. Despite this, though, the good news is that he chose to reconcile us through Jesus, and we didn't deserve it at all. I don't know about y'all, but this really spurs me on, and I hope it encourages you as well that in light of how God has forgiven us and reconciled us to be humble in conflict and to seek to forgive others and try to reconcile with them. How does conflict change in light of the Bible? I think that the very worldly wisdom that is being preached right now in regards to conflict with people is if you're having conflict with someone, we are quick to condemn that person and label that person as toxic and bad for our mental health. The prescription for how the world says to treat that is to cut that toxic person out of your life. If they're not contributing anything to your well-being and you cannot seem to get along with them, you should just get rid of them forever. Reconciliation is not on the table with this point of view because it focuses on how I have been hurt and this person is so toxic and mean and they won't change, so I'm doing what's best for me. I've been in this position before, and these are some of the things that I have actually thought and said. The problem with this viewpoint is that it focuses on man instead of God, on how this person refuses to change instead of how God can change people's hearts, and on how we feel instead of focusing on what his word says about their conflict and reconciliation. I think, first of all, when approaching any conflict, we should pray that we see people as God sees them. The world encourages us to label people as toxic, two-faced, etc. But in light of the Bible, everyone is a sinner who is in desperate need of Jesus. And only through trusting that he has paid for our sins on the cross can we be made clean and be made a child of God. So this person that you're having conflict with, depending on whether they are a believer or not, you are called to view them either as a child of God and your brother or sister in Christ or as an unbeliever who needs Jesus. Part of the way that we can strive to view people as God sees them is making sure that we do not have an elevated view of ourselves. In Matthew 7, 3, Jesus warns us about getting hung up on the speck in another's eye when we have a plank in our own. He goes on to say, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. When we, as Christians, are having conflict, we need to first pray, do some self-reflection, 
and ask the Holy Spirit to point out any sins in our life that we may need addressing first or any biases, hatred, or pride against that person that is blinding us and will not allow us to see clearly enough to deal with the conflict in a godly manner. I think this praying and self-examination feels very counterintuitive to what the world advises, but it helps us align our own emotions with the situation with the truth in God's word. The Bible is very clear that as believers we should strive for unity and to hold each other accountable when we see a fellow believer sinning, but it's important to keep a couple things in mind when doing so. When dealing with conflict, our goal should never be to come out of the situation in the right. In Ephesians 4.1, Paul calls us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. This is the attitude that we should strive for as we deal with conflict. Even if the other person has hurt us and is clearly in the wrong, we call to be humble, not self-righteous, to be gentle and loving, not bluntly honest, and to seek to create peace, not disunity. After you've done this and you're seeking to restore a fellow believer, emphasis on this phrase, man, let your goal be to restore them, not to call them out. Make sure you do it in the right way. I'm going to give you a rundown of how the Bible says to do this. In Matthew 18, 15, Jesus says, If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you, so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every fact may be confirmed. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to your church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church... Let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Jesus gives pretty clear instructions here. Let the first talk about this be one-on-one between you and the person you're having conflict with. Don't drag other people into it. Hopefully this person will repent and seek to change. But remember, change may not be instantaneous or occur as quickly as you want it to, but God may still be working slowly to change them. Also, there's a caveat in this situation. I'm not talking about conflict in regards to abusive relationships. If you're being abused, that is a whole different conversation, and you need to have other believers involved who can help protect you and guide you through that situation. Now let's talk about conflict between you and an unbeliever. Here are a couple things that have helped me. One, remember that they're an unbeliever. (laughs) That sounds really redundant, but they are not held to the same accountability as you are. They do not have the Holy Spirit in them. So you cannot expect them to behave like the Bible says. Should that stop you from trying to solve conflict and reconcile with them in a biblical way? No. You can still do all the things I've said already. Pray about it. Self-reflect. View them as God views them. Act humbly and meet one-on-one. But in this situation, you wouldn't get the church involved. Now, you may need a mediator, like if you're dealing with roommate conflict. But above all, in conflicts with unbelievers, we need to be humble recognizing to them our faults in the situation, even when it's painful and they don't apologize, and treat them with love and respect because this reflects back on Jesus and it can be a way that you show God's love to them. So what are some examples of conflict that you experienced? I think one of the biggest examples that comes to mind is a friendship that I had in high school where one of my best friends who is a believer began regularly treating me and others really poorly. I felt really put down and hurt by her actions and the way she spoke to me and others was sometimes really ungodly. 
In this instance, though, I, I didn't deal with the conflict in a biblical manner. I was so hurt by the things she was saying to me and angry at some of the sins she did toward other people that I let the anger build up in my heart and really create a plank of pride and hatred in my own eye. And this affected the way that I treated her. And because I was viewing her in this way and not praying for the Lord to help me see her as he does, this led me into sin. I sought to call her out on her sin, but in a really, really harsh manner. I would call her out in front of the whole class and just totally bash her for her behavior. I think I probably said this to her face as well as behind her back that I couldn't believe she called herself a Christian but was acting the way she was. Which honestly, someone needed to say that to me because I was not speaking the truth in love like we're commanded to in Ephesians 4.15. This led to a divide between us and a lot of bitterness in my heart over the way that she treated me and we split ways after high school. Coming to college, the Lord really convicted me of the way that I treated her and dealt with that conflict, which I had to repent to him for the simple way I dealt with it. Thankfully, the Lord has used the past three years to bring some reconciliation to that friendship, and we're friends again, and are now able to lift each other up and point each other back to the Lord. Another instance I've dealt with conflict with another believer is somewhere recently was a friend doing something that just wasn't above reproach and didn't reflect Christ in a good manner. I saw what was happening and I was really distraught over the friend's sin just because I know that they love the Lord and that sin was something, wasn't something I wanted for them. I prayed about it for several days and then I followed the model in Matthew 18 and I sat down with this friend and someone else who was directly involved in the situation and I sought to restore them back to Jesus by gently pointing out the sin and I just want to highlight that this was not a fun conversation. Um, honestly, it was painful. It was awkward. But we kept it focused on Jesus. And while my friend was uncomfortable and a little hurt and even a little angry at first, they repented and were willing to listen because we made it clear that this was about helping them follow the Lord more. And how has the Lord helped you navigate reconciliation? In every situation I've sought reconciliation and conflict, the Lord has first helped me navigate it by humbling me. I've said this before, but I often think way too highly of myself, and the Lord has helped me by humbling me through answering my prayers when I ask Him to humble me, and sometimes through Him humbling me through situations when I did not want to be humbled. This was really key in me reconciling with my friend I had all the conflicts with in high school. I had to stop focusing on how she had hurt me and focus on all her wrongs. And I had to pray that God would help me see her as he does, as his child and as my sister in Christ. One of the ways that he did this was by really highlighting certain things in his word. I can't tell you how many times I heard sermons preached on John 13, 35, that people will know we are believers by how love how we love each other. But God just hammered that message home in my heart. And the Holy Spirit began to work in me and start to make me feel uncomfortable with the division between me and this girl because we both claimed to be believers. I began to wrestle with how can I even say that I follow Jesus if I can't love this person and I have this big of a problem with her. And us both be believers but it was honestly several years of wrestling with that and really buying into the lie of I need to cut this person out of my life instead of I need to humble myself and apologize for the way that I behaved towards her in high school which is what ended up happening I apologized to her for what I had done and when I did I wasn't looking for an apology back 
The Lord had been removing that bitterness in my heart of my anger of the way that she had treated me. And I sought reconciliation because I wanted to obey what Jesus had said in John 13. God actually used COVID and quarantine to bring this friend and I together and for us to set aside our differences and all the ways that we've hurt each other. And now we're able to really encourage each other. And she's been someone that I've been calling recently when I need biblical advice and vice versa. It's just been really beautiful to look and see that despite my sin and her sin, how he's humbled me and answered my prayers of helping us reconcile. So above all, the Lord has really helped me through his word and his spirit prompting me and moving me and navigating reconciliation. That'll do it for this episode of Letters to Tuscaloosa. For more information about the BCM, visit our website at uabcm.com. For everyone at the BCM, I'm Ryan Carter.